Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm excited. Uh, tonight is going to be uh, a super dope show. <laughs> I got I got my brothers on with me, man. We go just we are, we go just kick it, man. We go keep it real, but we go most definitely keep it biblical. Um, tonight I got special guests. My brother Chris Gillum on. What's up, my guy? What's up, man? What's going on? How you great, feeling, man? man? Appreciate you having me. <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good, yeah, man. And, so thanks for having me on. Yes. Yeah, we, we gonna get it in, man. I got my brother Adrian Alexander on, man. How you feeling tonight, AD? Uh man, feeling good. Feeling good, man. Uh ready to get it going. Excited about the uh the topic. So man, you know, glad to be here, man. That's what's up, man. Hey, I almost wore my White Sox hat tonight, too, man. Look, AD got me. Look, we we went out. Our families went out a couple of weeks ago. And um, AD like, man, you need to start wearing hats. He's like, you need to get some hats. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so I I I bought the White Sox hat, man. And, uh, like, I haven't wore a fitted hat since, like, college or whatever. I'm, like, 36 now. But I bought – that's the only fitted that I got. I'm going to get some more in my collection or whatever, um, especially since I'm getting thin up top, you know. So I might, I might end up shaving it eventually. <laughs> Though the outward man perish. The inward man – no, I'm joking. No, nah, so 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 I'm excited about tonight, man. We we got we got some we got some ill topics we gonna talk about tonight, and we gonna keep it real. Um, I want to encourage everyone that is tuning in and is going to tune in and listen later. If you're just scrolling past and you're just like, hey, I'm gonna come back to this. Uh, I want y'all to go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Make sure uh, you leave prayer requests. Any questions you may have for future shows and things of that nature. Of course, this is where the culture meets scripture. And so on the Path of Revelation podcast, we love addressing hot topics. We love addressing culturally relevant topics and giving a biblical lens to the topics because, you know, uh, it seems like the, um, how the world defines being a Christian is constantly changing. And things that are um, certain things are becoming normalized that might not necessarily be biblical. And so mm-hmm. tonight um, we're going to be talking about sexual immorality. Why does the Bible, why does the Bible say flee from fornication? And then we're also going to ask the question. So I'm going to share share some of the questions we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about should the church encourage single Christian men slash women to keep condoms just in case? Now, listen, the reason why this is why Chris is laughing right now. Chris made this post. He shared it from um, <coughs> actually, I, Chris, I'm not even sure if you're friends with Richard David. Facebook friends with him no, or not. I'm, I'm actually not. Facebook friends. I'm actually Facebook friends with him. So that's what was funny to me. I'm like, hold on, who, who, who actually shared the post? Because I screenshotted it like last week when you shared it. And I was like, man, I know I'm friends with him. And so Lord behold, I was friends. I'm friends with with, with Brother Richard. And um, 
And um, I thought it was such an intriguing um, question because it seems like nowadays um, shacking up and, and just having Christians having sex or just, it's just normal nowadays, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I, I would, I, I wanna ask the question um, and we can kind of start with you, Chris, and then go to Adrian and then I'll give my response to it. But should the church encourage single Christian men and women to keep condoms just in case. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I do wanna start off by saying like, you know, the, the the position of like people saying yes, like it's it's not completely asinine on the outset. <laughs> um, because like they call themselves being, you know what I'm saying, conscious of what's going on around them. They, you know, they know sex is prevalent, you know, it's always been that way, even, you know what I'm saying, back in biblical times, uh, fornication, uh, what the Bible calls it, sex outside of marriage has been prevalent. So, um, you know, and, and it's a temptation that most people fall in. So yeah. they, they're thinking from a standpoint of, you know, obviously, and I read some of the comments, um, okay. some of the comments from the original post. And it's like, yeah, sure, just uh, let people you know what I'm saying, continually uh, fall like they're going to do anyway and, and then have shotgun weddings and all, you know, all these uh, abortions and all, you know, all these consequences that fall under it. And so it seems noble, but, you know, just long story short, uh, I, I would say no, because it cheapens God's standard for uh, righteousness. You know what I'm saying? God wouldn't tell us, God wouldn't tell us to do something that, you know what I'm saying, we that couldn't be done through the spirit, through the spirit of God. Like if, if he tells us to abstain from those things, then we could do that. And so I believe that, you know, Christians carrying condoms actually like is preparing to fail. If I could put it that way, like you're actually like saying just in case I fall when, when the Bible doesn't, you know what I'm saying, come with that approach. And then I'll just, you know, let Adrian get in on it. Adrian, excuse me. <laughs> yep, yep. Um... <clears throat> My answer is, and I agree with everything Chris said, my answer is if you you are a follower of Jesus, then the answer is no. Uh, I think that what Chris said is true. I think when you encourage people to do that, and you know, we're talking about being safe, <clears throat> um, but there is no stipulations that comes with God's word. Um, so what I wanna say first is sex is not bad. Right. Because sex was created by our creator. Um, so sex in itself is not bad. It's just within the covenant that God established for man and for woman that keeps sex pure. So if you are a follower of Jesus, there are things that we ought to be teaching and there are things that we ought not to be teaching. Mm. I think as a foundation, our teaching should be to make our families aware as they get older what sin is and why is it a sin and why is sin offensive to our creator. Um, that needs to be the foundation of our teaching if we are followers of Christ. Right. No, most definitely. I think that's I think that's great. 
Uh, what's up, my brother Kevin? What's up, Prince Brian? Man, I, I'm just shouting out some people as they're on. I most definitely um, agree with you guys. I think as as believers, we have to have a strong foundation in what the Word of God says. I'll say I'll say it like this because I think this question, obviously spe specifically for Christians, absolutely. You know, I, I think that we should be en encouraging believers to to surrender um their members as the bible says to to the holy spirit the bible says our, our bodies are a temple of the holy spirit but what would you guys say and, and this may be going a, a little veering off from the from the the question um if a person has their mind made up hey i'm gonna and i'll just answer this if somebody has their mind made up and say hey, i'm gonna do what i want to do I'm, I don't I don't profess to be a Christian. I'm I'm going to I'm, I'm going to sleep around or whatever. I, me personally and my personal conviction, I'm not going to tell that person not to keep condoms. That's just my, that's my personal conviction. If a person has their mind made up, what I am going to do though is I'm going to share the gospel and I'm going to tell them what the Bible says and what and what what it instructs us to do. I'm not going to condemn somebody um, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in, in 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 telling people what to do that we don't tell them why they should be doing something. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to deal with um, why the Bible says flee from fornication. Um, I most definitely don't think the Bible should be encouraging Christians to keep condoms. It's a reality that Christian, there are people who profess to be Christians who sleep around. Um, I don't think mm -hmm. I don't I don't I, just, I don't see it in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I don't see the scripture saying, hey, you know, just in case, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I would say as as from a from a natural standpoint, if a person is going to say, hey, Gabe, I'm not a Christian. I'm going to do what I want to do. And, and this is me just keeping it real. I'm open to correction or, or different beliefs on this, but if somebody's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm do what I wanna do, um, I'm not gonna tell that person, hey, no, don't keep a condom. You just don't sleep around. No, they're not They're not submitting to to Christ. They're not submitting to the worldview um, that's being proclaimed or whatever. Um, but I think it's dangerous to, for when churches or, or, or Christian leaders say, hey, you know, we know it's a sin, but just in case, you, you know what I'm saying? Just in case you mess up, I think, I think, I think that's very dangerous and a very um, slippery slope, or whatever. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's definitely a slippery slope. Um, just, just addressing the the idea that uh, you know, carrying condoms or or that Jesus would kind of be like okay with the idea that you know Christians should prepare for just in case. I I think mm -hmm. it's completely opposite. I think when you when you when you decide you want to carry condoms because you know you might fall and you're you're weak in the flesh or whatever, I think that that the mindset has to change, and and it begins mm -hmm. with what Jesus taught. I think about Matthew chapter uh, five where he, you know what I'm saying, basically chapter 528, I'll read it verbatim where he says, uh, now it's- Hold on, what, script, what scripture are you reading? Matthew chapter five. 
Okay. Go ahead. Um, verse 28 and 29. Uh, Jesus talking. He says, now, if your right eye is causing you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away from you. For it is better to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And right before that, he was talking about, you know, sexual sin or adultery. <laughs> and so and so basically he's saying, like, if 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 you know you have this problem, which is what they're saying, like, man, like, I, you know, I know I'm weak in the flesh. I know I can't. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going to keep this condom just in case. That's not the approach Jesus took. He says, like, listen, if you know, if you know you weak in the flesh and you know, like, this is going to be a stumbling block for you, go to the, the most extreme thing you have to do in order to, in order to avoid falling and sinning against God and, and, and being cast into hell. That's exactly what he said. And so when we look at that approach, it you, one would be hard pressed to try and say, like, yeah, this is this is the the way we should teach the people we know what this world right, is right. like we we know what's going on out here so you know the just in case approach is actually like i said preparing to fail when that's not what you know what i'm saying jesus nor his apostles taught at all you know when they talk about sexual sin you know it, it the bible says when we talk about christians it's not even fitting to be named among you ephesians mm. 5 and 3 right mm -hmm. and so and, and, and let me say this, like, I'm, I'm not talking from a standpoint of like, I've mastered this, like, you know, I, I, I know what it's like to be out here and to, you know what I'm saying, to, to actually like struggle in, in the, and I know what's going on out here, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but what I also can say is like, I don't want to, there's two sides of the ditch, people who feel like you can't overcome and people who feel like, you know what I'm saying, like it's impossible to, to fail, you know? Right, right, right. No, so, that's that's dope. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. I, I'm just I'm just sharing a scripture that you just read um from Ephesians five and three. Yes, sir. Uh where where it says, but sexual immor immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you as is proper among saints. But go ahead, continue. And then I just wanna um address the the idea about the the unbeliever who you know says like that basically man i'm about to do my thing um and versus how you would deal with them versus talking to you know another believer uh the bible actually addresses that as well when you look at first corinthians chapter five um verse nine it says um i wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with the sexually immoral people so there you have that and then he says, yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of this world. But now I've written you to not keep company with anyone named a brother who was sexually immoral or covetous mm -hmm. or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, not to even eat with such a person. So, so we don't judge the outside world in the same way we would, you know what I'm saying, judge a brother. And, and by judging, I mean, like, you know, if, if you're going to continue to walk like this, brother, then, then I can't I can't have fellowship with you. I can't have communion with you. I got I to gotta go apart. As opposed to the unbeliever who basically has their mind made up that they're going to go crazy. Like you said, Gabe, you know what I'm saying? Just the, the only thing you can do 
is preach the gospel, but you don't want to cut off that line of communication because like they may need to know what it looks like to be a spirit filled believer. And so, mm-hmm. you know, right, right. I, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's important. Um, I just want to hit on the the dealings with a non-Christian um, for a second, because I think we all agree like, hey, this, it shouldn't even be, encu- it, 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 should, it shouldn't be encouraged, period. Let's say that first yeah. and foremost, just to be clear. But we we shouldn't open up the door, especially for believers, right? But when we're dealing with non-believers um, who, who don't have the same worldview, I think it's important that we show the love of Christ mm-hmm. towards them, um, that we allow people room to um, here. Here's what let me let me explain what I what I mean by this, because um, I'm trying to find the most simplest way to, to explain it. Sometimes I think what what ends up happening is instead of showing Christ to people, we end up preaching morality to them and mm. call it the gospel. I agree. We end up preaching morality to people and call it the gospel when in reality, we're not preaching the gospel. We're telling people what to do and what not to do. Where the Bible gives us guidelines of do's and don'ts, but within the confines and the context of the gospel, meaning our hearts being changed, um, us being regenerated by the spirit, right? And so... I can't I can't just go to somebody and say, hey, stop sleeping around. That's not that, that's not the yeah. gospel. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a re- resort of the gospel. That's a part of the gospel. But the heart of the gospel is repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That yet while we were in sin, we were we were on our way to hell. But Christ, we, we were we were idolaters. We were fornicators. We were. um we were we were murderers we were robbers we were all of these all of these things prior to Christ but Christ came to set us free from the from the uh penalty of sin and death right and so when we when when we when we focus shift the focus onto Christ because here's another thing how many of us know people who who changed their behavior when they found religion mm. I know people who who became more morally excellent when they became a Muslim. Mm-hmm. A I, know, I, I know people who who became more morally excellent when they when they became a Jehovah Witness or, or something else, right? Right. And, and we, we we see it all the time. People coming out of prison they who aren't Christians, but they're like, man, I found Allah. You know what I'm saying? And so we, I think, at the heart of the gospel is um, it is the power of God unto salvation. So even when we look at like Romans one, Paul is going through all of these sins. He's hitting on homosexuality. He's hitting on idolatry and all of these things. And he says in, in Romans 1 16, for I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto mm-hmm. salvation. And so sometimes I feel like we try to play junior Holy Spirit and try to police people. <laughs> <laughs> we try to police people 
um, and, fit, and, and because we, what happens is we get around sinners and non-believers, and and it makes us feel uncomfortable because we're we're sometimes we're ashamed if, if somebody sees me around this person, what are they gonna think of me? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and, and, and things of that nature. And when Jesus was around sinners, he he wasn't like that. He wasn't a manning their sin, of course. Right. He wasn't condoning their sin that because I don't because that's a false narrative that's going around here too. Oh, Jesus just hung with sinners, and we make it <laughs> seem like Jesus was sitting there with them, throwing them back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? making it rain. Right? Yeah. That's not the case either. But but Jesus, he said. Um, it's not the it's not the whole who needs a physician. It's the sick. Yeah. It, it, but go ahead. What, what you got to say? To uh, I want to just add. You hit the nail, man. About um, you know when people, uh, you know, in other words, what you're saying is morality has become people's standard. Uh, our standard is Christ because we are, we know that morality we will always fall short of. So. Uh, the you know when it comes to people justifying their religion from a morality point of view as you described that's when you take on self-righteousness you know that's mm. when you take on you in pursuit of your works yourself right this is what makes what we believe unique and why we can talk about this is because we were, we can say hey we're no different than you and some of the things that we're addressing when it comes to sin, when it comes to lust and everything like that, we recognize though that the difference is Christ is our standard. That's who we look to for salvation and to uh, honor in the way that we live. So it can cause us not to be sinners, but to cause us to sin less. Um, So I also want to hit on what you said about the world. The world talks about doing me. Everybody's on this thing about I'm going to do me. And for the unbeliever, I like to tell them, well, hey, you have the free will to do you. But life does not reward you for doing whatever you want to do. Right. Like it just doesn't. So as a result, like we, we I think we like to live. And, you know, in ways we like to endorse you know uh you know fornication or whatever you want to call it and we like to act as if consequences just do not exist um so what happens is you get a lot of people who are not happy you get a lot of people who are depressed you get a lot of people who deal with illnesses you get a lot of people who are dealing with suicide and so on and so forth uh you deal with broken homes as a result of you know Uh, these kind of, you know, uh, um, lifestyles. So, you know, ultimately at some point, what happens is, you know, our appetites just grow, right? Because the flesh is never satisfied. Or we find ourselves just wanting to, you know, cause hurt to other people and just not really know why. Um, The point is for the unbeliever, what they have to recognize is, they need Christ. And the reason why is because everything that we're looking for and ha- for happiness, it reaches a peak. Right. Mm-hmm. It can only take you supposedly take you so far. Um, 
you know, this is why, you know, what we find in Christ is everlasting, you know. So this is what we renew ourselves in, not the lustful desires, you know, of this world. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I agree with all of that. So so here's what I want to deal with as well. I want to go a little further because I think everything y'all saying is is really good. Um, a lot of times we, we can sometimes churches or, or Christians can get so bent on telling people what not to do. I think that's a part of the morality aspect as well, um, that often we don't teach why. You know what I'm saying? The why behind um, not doing something, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, you know, especially us having black parents culturally um don't don't do it don't do that i don't want you hanging out with them or i don't want you going here and we would be like why because i said so (laughs) (laughs) because i said so and it's like okay but why and and look the why the why isn't always a rebellious why like why no it ain't always <laughs> like that sometimes it's like why i really want to understand right why you know what i'm saying because for for some of us it needs to make sense like okay if god is saying don't do this why because yeah. i want to please him but i want to understand why and so the next question I want to ask is why why does the bible say flee fornication now flee means to run right. <laughs> it doesn't say, it doesn't say hey just say no to fornication <laughs> it doesn't say it doesn't say hey w- just walk away it says flee mm-hmm. like dip like as fast as possible run as if you're in a burning building, run. You know what I'm saying? So so why does the Bible say flee fornication? Yeah, so uh just just, just backtracking the, just a very little bit, um, in terms of like the why, the why of like why in, instead of like not giving any answers, I believe that that's a lot of the reason why people feel like they they can't survive or they can't they can't make it doing the do's and the don'ts because they don't have any clarity or they don't have any understanding. I believe that the the ultimate do and don't is it the or the ultimate why is because of what Christ accomplished for us. Like the Bible does give us the set of rules or or the things that we should and should not do. However, it explains that because of our identity, when we identify with Christ, who we are is the reason. You know what I'm saying? Before, mm. when, we, when, when we operated in darkness, as the Bible calls it, uh, operating in, in the futility of our minds, like the Gentiles did, like we just did whatever. But now, like you don't, you haven't learned Christ in that way. Like you've learned and, and you're, you, you've been enlightened. And so if I'm a, if I'm a spirit filled believer, like the spirit empowers me to keep God's word and to keep God's law. And so like it's not just a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's 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 put offs and put on. I put off sexual immorality and put on one thing that people ignore. Like one of the fruits of the spirit is self control. Like if if mm. if, I, if I'm a believer, then then I have been empowered 
to have self-control, even mm-hmm. over those things that, you know what I'm saying, are seemingly unbeatable. And so, wow. like, like if I, it, it really boils down to me believing God's word and believing who God says that I am in Christ. And so, like, if, if it, when, when you really start to believe those things, then all the do's and the don'ts make sense. It's like, ah, I can't do that because that's not conducive to my position in Christ. And so, like, th- right. this situation is no different. It's actually one of the biggest uh, things because, and to answer the question specifically, the Bible once again says that, you know, we flee fornication because, because every sin <laughs> is usually like outside of the body, but like when you, when you sin uh, sexually, it's, you're sinning against your own body, the body bought right. by the, by the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, like, like, and that's first, you, I put the scripture on the screen too, uh, for, yeah. with first Corinthians six, uh, 18 through 20, but go ahead. You, yep. I'm not sure if you want to read it now, but you go ahead and read it. It says, uh, in first Corinthians six, 18 through 20, it says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So I want to get to that in a second, um, that aspect, but I, I want you to finish after I finish reading it. And then it goes on to say, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Amen. Go ahead, Chris. Yep, that that's pretty much it. And as a sidebar, a lot of people use that particular passage to support like soul ties and why you shouldn't, you know, that the Bible says nothing about soul ties there. It just says, you know, it literally says like when you are sinning sexually, it's because you are violating the temple of the Holy Spirit, where the temple of the Holy Spirit resides. And so, go ahead. Yeah, I think, so So I want to, I want to come from a, not, not from, not even from a different angle, but to add on to what you're saying, um, I think when whenever this conversation comes up, why why does the Bible say flee from fornication? What's wrong with sex? God created sex is good. And, you know, can it be with someone I love? What if I love the person? Well, the Bible, number one, we know God established marriage, right? Between a man and a woman. Um, and I think the part that's often left out of this conversation is the value of commitment mm-hmm. and how God values commitment number one our commitment to him our commitment to him and really marriage is supposed to be a reflection of our commitment to god yeah and so even when we look at in the beginning for example in genesis god didn't make adam eve Alyssa, and lisa and (laughs) he made adam and eve and they became one flesh right and so we see we see instances throughout the Bible where different characters have multiple wives and stuff like that. And people use that as a as an example to argue for polygamy and stuff. And but I would I would I would argue that 
not everything in the Bible is prescriptive. You know, some things are historical recordings, not something that we should necessarily say, hey, I'm going to, hey, David had 2,000 wives. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me try to get 10. Nah, the Bible didn't say that, right? It, hmm. It's in, in, in most cases, when we see that, we see we see it was a mess. You know what I'm saying? In most cases, when it when whenever a person had multiple wives, something negative always happened because God yeah. never intended it that way, right? Of course, we know God's purpose and sovereignty is still accomplished even through man's mistakes and sin, yeah. but that doesn't mean that God is affirming sin, right? Um, and that's a whole nother show. But anyway. But all throughout the Bible, we see um, um, God, a commitment, God's value on commitment, our commitment to him. And so literally, as believers, our lives are not our own and our bodies belong uh, to the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Our, our bodies literally are the temple of the Holy Spirit like that. I just want to park there for a second because sometimes I think we just brush past that. Mm. But literally as believers, as born again believers, we literally have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave living on the inside of us. Selah. <laughs> let that soak. Let, let, let that soak, right? And so mm -hmm. when we... Because God honors commitment, what happens is I, I, I'm reminded of the story of the woman at the well, right? When when Jesus approached the woman at the well, he says, where's your husband? Right. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus responds to her and says, you're right. You have five husbands. And the person you're with right now is not your husband. In other words, he was like, you've been, you've slept with five people and the person that you're with right now isn't even your husband. And so what Jesus was making a point of is, um, I think what the Bible um, is talking about also in first Corinthians, when it says you sin against your own body, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But I, I believe that when we when you join yourself to someone, you do just that. You join yourself to someone and you defile the temple of the Holy Spirit because mm. God, God has intended for marriage to um, be between a man and a woman and to honor him. Marriage is an act of worship and honoring God. And, and when we do what we want to do, we take things out of out of place and 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 really when, when i think of um sexual immorality and things of that nature whenever you look at an idolatrous culture fornication and sexual immorality are one of the cornerstones of that society whenever whenever a, a culture is idolatrous and just anti-god you best believe that fornication is running rampant and so my appeal to to christians is don't be conformed to the world. This is why we see so many, I believe we see so many um, marriages crumbling too. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we're, we don't have a solid enough foundation as single Christians. And so we get married with 
false expectations and, and, and enter into that commitment from a worldly standpoint, from a soulish standpoint, instead of a, 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 a expectation that's rooted in the scriptures and understanding um, the gospel. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to say this last thing too, and I'll be quiet. And I want to hear what y'all got to say. I was telling somebody uh, uh, just, I believe it was just yesterday. I was like, man, it's nothing that like, I don't think anything shows you how much you need God and how sinful you are and how imperfect you are than marriage. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I, I thought I was okay I agree with that. until I got married. Yeah. When I got married, and look, I have a I have a great marriage. Me and my wife love each other and, and everything. But I saw how much I need God's grace mm -hmm. when yeah. I got married. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, and, sure. and, mar and married folk who've been married know what I'm talking about. But Absolutely. man, it's marriage is supposed to be a picture of the gospel really <laughs> when you think about it yeah. that's why jesus said husbands love your wife as christ loved the church mm -hmm. when you think about that that we we tend to romanticize stuff but when you think about that we were out here wilding we were doing our own thing we weren't thinking about god mm -hmm. but yet while we were in sin christ died for us he gave himself for us um, and he Amen. called us into him. And so um, what, what do y'all got to say? I don't want to keep talking. I want to get some of y'all thoughts on this. But why does the Bible say flee from fornication? Um, I'll just say the Bible, it says to flee fornication because it's dangerous. Um, you know, sex is a powerful thing. You know, sex is very powerful. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in history have fallen, even when you see what's happened with David. David had a man murdered because of sex. Um he had mm. he had his he had a woman's husband murdered because of sex. Uh, so it said it's telling us to flee fornication because it's just simply dangerous. Um you know and this is you know on the point that you made even about you know, people have having many wives. You know, this is when the historical aspect of scripture comes into play, because like what you said, it is descriptive, it's not prescriptive, because we see God ordained marriage between man and woman from the beginning. One of the things that he said was for a man and woman to become one flesh. Um, he was originating marriage in the beginning. Uh, Jesus himself reinstilled that when he walked the earth. He talked about a, a union between man and a woman as well. Um, so anything that operates outside of God's covenant is dangerous. Um, you know, even what you said about God honors commitment, I think it's fair to say we're married, but our marriage is not our commitment to our spouse, to a degree, but our, we are, we, our marriage is our commitment to God. Um, say that, this is say what, that, listen, listen, you can't, what you just said is so important. <laughs> marriage is first. We can, can we collect the offering right now for eight? Can, can we bring the plate? No, I'm, 
<laughs> marriage is first a commitment to God. Yeah. Yeah. To I mean, God. let's. Yeah. And, and you know, our goal in our marriage is to remain faithful, but it's not to remain faithful because of our spouse, but it's to remain faithful because of our commitment to him. Um, you know, so that's why when we talk about fornication and Christians, you know, we're uh, telling, you know, others to make sure that they carry condoms. Well, man, listen, the foundation of our households has to be Christ, which is why all of these, these things that we teach falls on what what is being taught in the house. You know, what are we teaching? You know, are we teaching people that, hey, this is wrong, this is sinful. Why is it sinful? Why does God see this as an offense to him? Um, you know, uh, these things have to be talked about. And I think it's just a reflection on what's being taught in the Christian house. Yeah. I think I think what you're saying is so is so important because I think a lot of times people even look at marriage as a cure for lust. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like it's a, it's a heart thing, you know what I'm saying? It, it you know, it takes the Holy Spirit to transform a heart. You know what I'm yep. saying? Um you can't you can't try to serve Christ without the Holy Spirit. No. You end up you end up in legalism. You know what I'm saying? You end up trying to do things on your own and you you end up self-righteous ultimately. You know what I'm saying? But marriage isn't a cure for lust. And I think this is so important. Um you you spoke of um, commitment to the Lord, how marriage is first a commitment to God. I think for us to understand that marriage is a commitment to God, we have to first understand that our lives are to be a commitment to God and what it means mm -hmm. to be completely surrendered to Christ and what that actually looks like. Because sometimes I think that we, 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 what happens is we don't have a lot of people enter into their walk with God or their Christian experience without fully grasping the gospel. I think sometimes we 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 get away from the gospel and, and view the gospel as something elementary that we grow past. Yeah. And, then, and that's why we see many churches focusing on money now focusing on, hey, being the best version of you, you know, God is going to make your name great and all of these things. And, 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 and we get we get so caught up in, 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 in God making our names great. Yeah. Um, and we apply stuff that was applied to Abraham, which was really prophetically about Christ. That's a whole nother Bible study and a whole nother podcast. But and we get so we make the Bible about us instead of um, us serving God and how we can work, serve him. And so what happens is we enter into these commitments and agreements with a shaky foundation. As Christians, we should be looking at how the gospel applies to every area of our lives. Yeah. Every area of our lives. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I wrong my wife, I should be looking at 
how do I reconcile this? You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we want to always be right. And in us always wanting to be right, we end up abandoning different commitments through throughout our lives. And I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about as as single believers. We we make excuses for our sin. We make excuses for things because we're not willing to die to ourselves. Mm, we're yeah. not willing to surrender. Um, all that Jesus said, if any man will come after me, Luke 9, 23, 20, 24, if any man will come after me, he, he will deny himself. He must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Follow the me. cross the yep. cross is a death experience, man. Go ahead, For Chris. Sure. Um, uh, just, just the idea that marriage automatically like solves your lust problem is far fetched, and and I would hope that nobody actually like believes that. However, there is a standpoint in which, you know, what I'm saying the Bible, God gives marriage as an antidote, if you will, to to uh, balance. You know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, if they're yeah. lust, I guess. Um, uh, First yeah. Corinthians chapter seven, uh, verse two. Uh, he he actually this this is coming out of you know what I'm saying what we were just talking about in First Corinthians chapter six. You know, fleeing sexual immorality, and, and and this verse proves that you know, obviously this has been going on since back in the day. You know, it's not something new. Like so, this idea of like quote unquote shotgun marriage isn't uh something that's kind of you know we, we see it in deuteronomy chapter 22 essentially it just you know when you when you slept with somebody you had to you know you had to offer a price for uh the, the father's daughter you know you had you had to marry her and the bible said that you cannot leave her for all the days of your life but mm-hmm. you know you know so so that's you know some of the consequences of you know what i'm saying walking in lust that's why the bible says flee it because of how serious yep. And how binding the nature mm-hmm. of of lust and sex sexual uh, uh, engagement is. Um, but like I said, you know the Bible doesn't, you know, just say um, you know marriage is the cure of lust. But because uh, Paul says in First Corinthians chapter seven, uh, because of you know us how rampant sexual immorality is, like let each man have his own wife. And so, like, like I said, there is an antidote in which you can, you know, you can, uh, you know, yeah. try and combat that. But, but I want to say too, like, um, if, if it were a cure, then then we wouldn't see adultery as much as we do. Right, so, right. So obviously, yeah. and, and can I can I say something to that, Chris? Because I've often heard people use that scripture used to condone shotgun weddings well you can't keep yourself just get married paul said if you're burning you know get yeah. married so so I, I, I go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I, I do want to say ahead. this no. about that though like like that's not necessarily a crazy thing per se but but here's the thing when, when you're talking with believers it's got to be a mindset so once you go past, like, okay, I'm going to get married now, like, all the same rules apply for marriage. Like, I did this yep. because I wanted, I, 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 I got married yes. because I wanted to remain biblical. Now I have to yes. do marriage biblically. 
biblical i'm so glad can we get an offering for chris can we get <laughs> a no i'm i'm so glad you said that because people will say that and and just throw out all the other stuff you know what i'm saying and act like okay just if you can't keep yourself just get married no it's it is still like going back to your point adrian marriage is first a commitment to God. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm getting married because I want to please God. I okay. don't want to sin against God. You know, I want to I want to I want to honor him and so I'm not just going into marriage so I could just have sex. Mm. No, I'm going into marriage. I'm 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 grabbing hold of scripturally all of the things that it entails. Yes. Just be just because you get married under those circumstances doesn't mean that hey, love your wife as Christ loved the church doesn't apply to you. All right, that goes out the window for you because you got married. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so I want to say you know, I just want. I, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, Gabe. I just want to say you know that uh, you know you get like the Bible even tells us to crucify our flesh daily. So, like, if you're, you know, teaching, you know, to wear condoms, that's not crucifying the flesh at all. <laughs> it's not crucifying the flesh at all. Like, that's not doing right, anything. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I just had to say that. I want, I want to I feel like, because I think this part is important. Like, Jesus got it. He understood, right? Yeah, and Paul understood when they when they wrote these things. That's like so because this is going on, do this. And I think about when Jesus was talking about marriage in uh, Matthew when when the uh, when the Pharisees came to him, Matthew chapter nineteen, and they were like, you know, uh, is it lawful for any reason to put your wife away? Trying to trap him up, and he says, he says, no. <laughs> like, have you never read what what God gave you? Uh, like he he who uh, he gives you a wife, and like no man is to separate them. And then they say, well, why did God, or why did why did Moses give us a uh, uh, allow us to divorce? Then he was like, because of the hardness of your hearts. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, like like he allowed you to, but from the yeah. beginning it was not so. And so so the the point Jesus was making and and he was he was talking about the the binding nature of marriage in that yep. conversation but when they heard that some of the disciples were like man like yo like it's better than not even getting married at all if it's yeah. like this then he says he says you you're right essentially but but most people can't handle that only people who are eunuchs or who have, you know what I'm saying, a few people who have devoted themselves to Christ or who have been, you know what I'm saying, made eunuchs by men, like they're the only ones who it doesn't apply to, but most people can't handle it. And what he's talking about is most people can't go without being sexually active. Therefore, yeah. going back to what Paul wrote, which they all, all the disciples and the apostles got their teachings from Jesus, like it's better to marry than to burn with lust. And so, right. uh, and so that's what, you know, I, can I can I say something just real quick? I was listening to what Chris was saying, and I just wanted to add to what he said. I, and I just have to say this. We do not define marriage the way that the world defines marriage. Mm. I just feel led to say that. 
because you see a lot of YouTube videos nowadays where people are saying, hey, it's not worth getting married. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it benefits this this sex versus the other. We do not define marriage the way that the world defines marriage. Our marriage Amen. represents God's union mm -hmm. and is our dedication to our Lord. Um, so we don't have the same worldview as the world does when it comes to marriage. Uh, you know, when it comes to our union and our marriage to Christ, hey, the paperwork is out the window. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the legal papers and all of this other stuff. Like, listen, that's not the foundation of our marriage. The, the, our foundation of our marriage is, is God. So I just really just feel led to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we need a God centered gospel. You know what I'm saying? Um, that, that's the only way, man. I think that all of these things um, that y'all brothers are saying is so important. Um, and, and look, I, I want to be, I, I know how hard it can be, you know what I'm saying? Especially being single, uh, desiring, uh, companionship, um, desiring um a mate you know look god gives us these desires you know that's another yeah. thing we're not gonna act like god doesn't give us uh sexual desires and things of that nature it's just that in our our, our sin nature corrupts um even good things you know what i'm saying i mean i think that's that's a big part of sin you know it it takes what is good and, and, and purposes it for evil and, and things of that nature. But um, I want to encourage the singles out there tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because some of, some people, um, especially uh, to your point, Adrian, how the world talks about marriage is not how we talk about it. But there's another aspect. We have um, uh, power couples or relationship goals constantly being thrown in our faces you know um and it's and it's not just tempting to singles but it's tempting tempting to married couples yeah because you you're looking at social media and people are presenting their marriages as as if they're perfect you yep. as a single person looking like oh i want that and then married folks who are having issues in their marriage are looking at that like oh i want that and, and whatever, and, and what happens is we have a society of coveting where people are looking at the, the grass on the other side of the fence and saying, oh, it's greener on the other side of the fence, but they don't realize that the, the grass on the other side of the fence is turf. <laughs> we, we don't realize that it's fake. And, and here's one thing that I've learned as I get older and as I, um, um, have the privilege of helping people and serve people in the body of Christ, some married couples, some single. I've learned that things are 90% of the time, things are not as they seem. The, the image that we project publicly for people to see is not often the reality of what's taking place behind closed doors. Mm. And so everybody's faking mostly everybody's putting on a front yeah. and what happens is 
what we we can make the mistake of looking at the struggles and the challenges that we're having in our own lives and say, man, I want what they have, not mm-hmm. realizing that they're going through hell just like you. That yeah. they're going through the, the going that they're wrestling with addiction just like you and, and going through different things. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, I've seen people put on marriage uh, seminars and have the best flyers in like, man, they the best couple in the world. Three months later, they divorced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and, he, and here's the thing. People never take responsibility for the image that they put out that misled you mm. once they <laughs> fail. <laughs> Whoa. I'm going to say that again. Very true. People... People never come back and take responsibility for misleading you with a false image. They'll have you chasing after the image that they're putting out there. And you don't know. They arguing like cats and dogs behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? But they don't come out Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for allowing you to put for presenting myself as perfect so you can put me on a pedestal because everybody's trying to build a brand right now. Everybody's trying to build a brand and, and look perfect and and nobody wants to keep it real. And what happened is everybody's lusting after what everybody else has, not realizing what they're lusting after is faith. God will not, God will not, lead us to lust after what someone else has we have everything that we need in christ amen (laughs) you can taste and see that he is good yes but we have to we have to be willing to repent and deny ourselves you know what i'm saying and it's possible to live for the lord yes and that's another thing there's a narrative out there that even amongst the saints there's a narrative out there that it's impossible to keep yourself. It's impossible to remain a virgin. It's, a, it's impossible not to fornicate. And I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. Yeah. It's a lie yeah. from the pit of hell. Um, I, I want to bring balance to that too. If you fall, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't condemn yourself either. He, the Bible says when we fall, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and cleanse us mm. of our sins. That's the Bible. That's so, the Bible. so if you fall, know that God will forgive you. And he's, mm. he, he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to, to save the world, to, 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 to bring us to repentance um, mm-hmm. and salvation in him. And so we, we have to know how to rightfully divide the word of truth. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I think that we get caught up in we get caught up in different narratives. Um, this is this is why I always say something that I always say, man. We have to um, stop listening to so many different voices. Mm-hmm. You know, one minute we're listening to uh, this preacher, that preacher, this devotional, this podcast, and and. This is why a lot of times we're confused because we're getting information from so many diff- so many different sources and, and things of that nature. Yep. So I want y'all to be encouraged tonight. Go go ahead. Oh yeah, yep. No, I was just uh 
definitely going to piggyback off of that. I, I think what you said about, you know what I'm saying, believers needing to be encouraged after they fall, like, that's that's so true. And yeah. and I believe, like, it's it's two sides to that coin as well. Um, because, like you said, there, there are people who need to hear it. Like, they need to know, like, they should not be condemning themselves because everybody can go there. Like, a lot of people continue to stray away because they like, well, you know, I already messed up now. What's the point in turning back? You know, so so they definitely yeah. people definitely need to know mm. that there is grace in God for repentance to to basically turn away from that yeah. because He's not mad at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once you once you repent, right. you know what I'm saying he 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 he's no longer angry. However, there's this aspect in which people believe you have to fall, <laughs> and so and so like mm. so that's the two sided coin of grace. And I think about Hebrews chapter four. So I want to encourage the believers. To, to to understand this as well, you know. Uh, I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull that up for you because that's one of the scriptures you gave me. Did I say Hebrews that? four 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 fourteen? Yep. Through sixteen? Okay. Yeah. And again, this is going back to our position and who we are in Christ. If if you're a believer in Christ, then this applies to you. It says, seeing that we have a great high priest who is past the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Like, like hold, hold, cling to what you say and you believe. Cling to what you, what you confess. And then it says, "For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet mm. was without sin." <laughs> so, let us therefore mm. come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when in the time of need not just after you fall but but when you're tempted at that point because why we have a high priest who can sympathize with us and 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 he knows what it's like to overcome that temptation so we can go to him you believers don't have to fall to to that sin that they're you know what i'm saying you know feel like they bound to the Bible says right. that you you are free from sin. You are no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to obedience. So therefore, Amen. like just encouraging single believers or or married believers, if you feel tempted in whatever sexual category there is, you know, that you yep. can overcome that because of who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. We have a high priest who can sympathize with us. And what a high priest does is they they go before God on our behalf and, and they yeah. And they, uh, you know, what I'm saying plead and they make propitiation for us. That's what Jesus did. That's what he does. So we don't have to fall. And so yeah. um, and then on the other side, you know, when when it does happen, if it does happen, you know, just understand that that grace is there as well. But but we need yeah. to we need to recognize that, like, we, we are new creations. Like We have to change the way we think about these things. Because if you start, yeah, right. if, if you, you should start be renewed off, in our minds, renewed in your mind, it's so funny that that Daily. was the verse of the morning on your, on you version because it's like that's that's basically where we're coming from. Like having you, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but but have you know have your mind renewed. And 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 what it, what does it say? Like it's not something that's strenuous. Like it's not something like you owe God that. It's your reasonable service. service. Yes, it's, it's presenting your, your body. As a living your body, it's your, it's a, it's what you, we're supposed to do. It, it, as it's Christians. not something. 
it's not something he's asking you that's like far-fetched or like like that's god that's unfair you want me to not have sex what's wrong with you like no that's a reasonable thing to ask for somebody who died for you <laughs> you know what i'm saying somebody right, somebody right. Saying they like you know that that's a reasonable thing so that that's i just want to encourage believers to know like you don't have to you don't have to succumb to that sexual temptation look look i'll i'll keep it real too and i've shared this testimony before like i struggled with um pri- prior to marriage thank god but um prior to marriage when when i struggled with i struggled with pornography at one point in time while i was in ministry mm-hmm. and you know what i'm saying i honestly think um i struggled with it longer than i had to um because i did not conf- i didn't uh go to accountability and confess my faults to receive prayer as james 5 talks about i i, I kept it in secret and there's power in accountability it's power mm-hmm. in exposing yourself for the sake of accountability to brothers or, or, or in Christ or, or or if you're a woman to sisters in Christ for that yeah. for that meaning and um you know though I was a virgin I wrestled with with pornography and um I struggled with it longer than I had to because I I did not have I was not up front I wasn't confessing and I kept it secret because I cared what people thought of me and 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 I had a lot of self righteousness, and and I would find myself condemning myself, beating myself up, and there was a scripture that the Lord, I I came across uh, while praying and studying, that really changed my whole paradigm, um, and it's in First John chapter three verse twenty. And for y'all who listen to the Path of Revelation podcast, you've heard me mention this scripture before. It says, "For if your heart." condemns you god is greater than your heart Mm. and so we as believers it goes back to the scripture that talks about our lives are not our own we were bought with a price you don't you don't even have a right to condemn yourself because you don't belong to yourself you you belong to christ wow (laughs) you don't even belong to yourself go ahead I was just going to say like that, that's so good because people oftentimes like in in this day and age, like they teach that you have to forgive yourself and you have to, you know, you have to love on yourself and and, and in order for God to give you like, or they'll teach that God has forgiven you, but have you forgiven yourself? Like it's not, that forgiveness is not for you to get, you know what I'm saying? Like how can you, it's, it's actually blasphemous to say, like yeah, mm. the, the highest being has forgiven me, but 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 I haven't yet, so it's not finished. <laughs> it's not sealed. Yeah. Right. <gasps> that is cool. That is crazy. Hey, but but that's that's so true, bro. Like we adopt so many things from the world that that we just accept as bi- biblical. That's not biblical, but. God has forgiven me. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't even have the right to mm-hmm. withhold forgiveness from myself. Who mm-hmm. He's forgiven me. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know what that did for me, y'all? What it did for me was it took the weight off my chest 
Like, hold up, you beating yourself up and I was already beat up for you. You like you can mm. who do you mm. who do you who do you think you are? That's what the Lord was like to me one day. Like, who do you it's in the sea of forgetfulness? Like actually you're struggling with this longer than you have to because you're holding yourself to a, a standard that you can't keep in and of yourself. Wow. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I'm in you working of my good pleasure. So get out of the way. Mm, get out of the way of me me doing what I'm doing in your life. Get out of the way. Stop, stop grieving me. Because you're the, the Holy Spirit, like, stop grieving me. You're grieving me when you're trying to do my job. It, because you're going to always get it wrong. Self-righteousness only begets more self-righteousness and more sin. Because whatever's not of faith is sin. Yeah, you man. know what I'm saying? And so receive the goodness of God. Receive the grace of God. I'm not saying that when we mess up, we shouldn't feel convicted. But a lot of times we don't know the difference between conviction and condemnation. Mm. We get them mixed up. Yeah. Condemnation says you're not a son of God. Condemnation mm. says he didn't die for you. Condemnation says you deserve the wrath of God. You deserve hell. You deserve um all of these things. And Christ did not die for you. That's what condemnation says. But conviction, see, the conviction of the Holy Ghost doesn't just say, hey, you're wrong. Stop doing that. But it says, hey, stop going this way go this way. Uh -huh. I have better for you. I know the plans that I have towards you and I'm going to lead and guide you into all truth. I'm going to comfort you. Jesus, before he, right before he ascended, he says, I go away. I'm not going to leave you comfortless though. Amen. I'm not going to leave you helpless. Ooh. Let me work. Let me work. And so stop beating yourself up. Some of y'all probably are struggling, have been struggling with, with pornography or, or sexual immorality. Give it, get out of the Lord's way and let him, let him do what he does best. Repent. Repentance is giving it to him and acknowledging you, you're wrong, but not beating yourself up and knowing that he loves you. Go ahead. Adrian, you got anything you want to say? Because I wanted to back no. just a little bit. No, um, man. He said it all. You know, you can go right ahead. So so it, just just dealing with a certain aspect about, you know what I'm saying, the, you know, the Christian being encouraged to carry condoms. Um, I think that the, the, the idea is to avoid the consequence of, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the sexual engagement. But in reality... You know what I'm saying? All you're really saying, essentially, is that, you know, I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, go around God a little bit. Because because what we have to understand is consequences aren't just a natural thing. It's something that God allows or something that sometimes he he gives. Like David was brought up earlier. Um, and a, a consequence of his his sin was that his son died. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and granted, like like there is grace after that because you know god gave him another son however you know what i'm saying that there's consequences to our actions and so i, I believe like when you try to you know what I'm saying or, or when you look for the loopholes 
Like you're, you're literally trying to, you know, I don't, I don't want to get a disease. Well, like then do things God's way. <laughs> don't, don't, you can't not do things God's way and then still expect to be blessed by God because that that's not the way this thing works. You know what I mean? And, and then like I, or another complaint is that, you know, uh, it, it kind of, you know, so, so because they didn't carry condoms, now their lives are ruined. And it's like mm, that that's those th those are the consequences sometimes when we go against God. And you know, yeah. and, and and the idea that that uh you know like these things have happened, like like it is what it is. Like we, we can't change the past, but we can only encourage believers to, you know, so both do better going mm -hmm. forward. And to prevent those believers who haven't fallen yet, like we should be teaching them, you know what I'm saying, or encouraging everybody to do things the way that God has designed, you know what I'm saying, and, and reminding them that we are who, who he says we are, and therefore we have the power to walk in holiness. Amen. This is awesome. Yeah. This has been awesome, man. I, I hope y'all have gotten something out of tonight. Uh, Adrian, do you have anything else to share man anything in your heart man I, I feel like man we didn't we didn't dive in we didn't we didn't got dug in and I, i've been just blessed hearing y'all brothers yeah i'll just say because you know you have people who uh say they're christians who are who teach that you know um otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation you have people who teach that yet you know i'm following jesus that being a follower of jesus is a term that's so loosely used nowadays uh, so you have people who who teach to make sure that you wear protection, who say that they are Christians, you know, but you can you cannot teach about Christ if those who you are teaching does not see Christ in you. This is why we have to be examples. This is why um, we have to be set apart you know, from the way that the world is, because if they don't see Christ in you and how you walk and how you talk, uh, but you're trying to teach someone about Christ, um, you're going to have a hard time. People need to see an example of Christ living on the inside of you. Amen. I agree. No, I think this has been dope tonight, man. I I'm sure that um, everyone who's tuned in has gotten something, you know, I, 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 I feel like we need to do a, a part two or, 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 or kind of expand into some other areas. Maybe we have another topic, but look, I'm open to new topics for everyone who tunes in to the, uh, path of revelation podcast. You already know, um, you can go to path of revelation now.com. Um, you got merch there, all of that wonderful things, but you can leave comments on the website, um, email me, uh, any future topics you would like to talk about in the future. Um, anything that, um, that y'all may have had a question about that you heard that we may not have touched on, you can leave it there as well. And I, I love responding, um, to, to the comments and the questions and things of that nature, but listen, I want to uh, thank everybody who has been tuned in. We have some great things uh, coming here in Detroit. If you're in the Detroit metro area, 
Um, we have a, a, men, a Path of Revelations men's fellowship um, that we're going to be doing on September 19th. Um, September 19th at 2 p.m. Um, if you want details on that, email me. Now, this has been something that the Lord, uh, I believe the Lord laid on my heart to create a, a space for men. Um, because I believe one of the um, one of the reasons why the church um, lacks is because we lack strong men, you know, and I believe when the men align and get on, um, get in the word of God and know who God, who, who God says they are, um, everyone else falls in line. So we've been doing, um, these, um, build sessions with men, um, on Sundays and it's been a blessing and it's a safe space for us men to come and talk about issues that we may not want to talk about around women. Um, it's a judgment-free zone where we can uh, just come and, and, and share our hearts and receive practical biblical guidance and counsel concerning everyday things, everyday issues, everyday struggles, everyday wrestles. And uh, we pray for each other and um, it's, a, it's an awesome time in the Lord. So if you're interested in that, hit me up. Um, on the inbox, um, you can go to pathofrevelationnow.com, write and leave your message. But listen, I want to bless you guys. I thank you guys for tuning in. You've been tuned into the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. God bless you. Mm -hmm.